Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Happy holidays to you. Hope you guys are having some fun this morning. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. Quick, I just want to mention a couple of things. We do have a guest with us. I want to give as much time to speak as I can, but I want you to remember next week we go to two services, those 9 and 11. So we got two services. And again, one of the main things that I love that we get to do with that, number one is it makes it easy for you to serve with your family. To serve one, attend one, makes it super easy. Just pick your service, and then you can do that together. And the other thing is growth track. So before, if you wanted to do growth track, you had to miss that message. And growth track happens during the service. And what it's going to do is it's going to happen during the first service next week. It'll happen right at the very beginning of the first service. So you won't be in here for two songs even, but right at the very beginning. And growth track is our way of helping you. It's a four-week class that happens during service. And it's our way of helping you discover the gifts and talents that God's given you and learn how to use them to make a difference in this world. Because you're not just waiting for Jesus to come back. We're born again, we're spirit-filled, word-believing, forgiven, and faith-talking, armor-wearing children of the King. Let's do something with it. Let's figure out what it is and how we can do that. And that is growth track. So next week and after that, it will be during the first service. Okay, during the first service. And the last thing I want to mention is small groups. So small groups are going to be kicking off again at the, the last Sunday of the month. So if you're thinking about hosting a small group, let me just say, it's easy. Small groups, all you do is you take the thing you love and you leverage it for the kingdom of God. And so this is what that might look like for you is say that you love disc golf. And frisbee golf, disc golf, I don't know which one it is. There's one that is supposed to be, so it's obviously not me, but maybe this is you. And you love playing and you look and you say, wait a minute, there might be some other people that love doing this too. And so you go to the website you meet with Joel and you're like, hey, I'd like to start a small group and we're going to go play and you pick a day. And he said, we're going to play and we're going to play some different courses and we're going to get together and you go and you have some fun. You guys, you pray together, you open up your time together or you close your time together in prayer and you just watch what God does. You take the things that you already love and you leverage them for the kingdom of God. You get together with some people who want to grow spiritually and you watch what God does. It doesn't have to be something else you're adding to your plate of like, oh, what am I going to do? No, make it something that you love doing, and you're like, man, I'd love to do this, and it's just fun to do it with even more people. Do it with some more people who are hungry for the things of God, and you watch. Because here's what the Bible says. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And when we get around some other believers that are moving and following and passionate about the things of God, it rubs off on us, and we, we, we get sharpened. And sometimes we do some sharpening, and that's what we want. I want you to grow. I want this year to be the best year spiritually that you have ever had. And one of the things that you can do to ensure that that happens is you can get in a group or you can host a group. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be adding more and more groups to that. But let me encourage you to pray about hosting a group. There, prayer time's over. Host a group. <laughs> no, but seriously, consider hosting a group. It can really be an amazing amazing time. But with that, Greg, I want to give you as much time as possible. Come on up here. Guys, would you please give a hand to Greg Moltron as he comes up here? So Greg, 
and Leah lead the Grand Rapids Dream Center, and they just have a, a passion to serve and for the, kings of, the, the kingdom of God. And I asked them to come and share with us again. So, Greg, take it away. All right. Thanks, Sam. Probably like, what is this guy doing with these bananas? Either you know you're going to go bananas today or you're going to throw them at me. But sometimes the job of a, you know, a teacher or a pastor or somebody who's admonishing the body of Christ, you know, you comfort the afflicted and then you afflict the comforted. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, recently I was reading a book. It's called Halftime and a uh, really, really great book. It challenged me and, and it made me think, too, of some of, uh, some of us great church people in the body of Christ. But it, the challenge was the, the difference of acquisition you know, which really can have to do with achievement, right? God wants us to achieve things. Am I, am I right about that? Who wants to be an achiever? I don't want to be a failure. Uh, but also the difference in that of, you know, doing that in Jesus, but going from success to significance and furthering the kingdom of God. And, and so my hope is I can be a part of that because I know I'm in a body of Christ that, that loves that, what Sam, what he was saying, moving, right? We need to be movers for the kingdom of God. So uh, I was reminded, uh, you know, starting out today uh, of an old lab experiment. Maybe you guys have heard of it. The, the five monkeys experiment. Anybody ever heard of that? <laughs> you got a good laugh right there. Basically how it goes, and I'm going to try to package it real quick here, but there's five monkeys in a controlled area with a what? Ladder and, all right, well, if you've got bananas, you're probably going to have a monkey go do what? Go get the bananas. They had a sprinkler in there, and so every time the monkeys would go up to get the bananas, what would happen? It would, they would get drenched, and they didn't like that, so they weren't acquiring the bananas. And so after a while, doing it long enough, guess what happened? They became conditioned, and they just gave up. And so they decided to expand the experiment, and what they did was they turned the water off. And then what they did was they started bringing in one new monkey at a time. So when they brought one new monkey in at a time, what do you think that new monkey wanted to do? Wanted to go get the bananas. But there was a difference this time because these other monkeys that had been conditioned, what do you think they did? They literally started to stop that monkey from getting the bananas. And after enough tries, guess what happened? That monkey became conditioned too, and it gave up. And one by one, they did that. And before long, you had five new monkeys inside of this contained room, and they were all conditioned to not get the bananas. And, you know, here we are, you know, the, the barrier was removed, Right? So uh, in, I guess in a sense, the, the promise could be acquired, but because of their conditioning, they weren't getting the promise or, you know, just the food. <laughs> and, you know, it, the, the, the challenge can be this. Sometimes, you know, we can be such great people with the greatest hearts, but we can get comfortable. And before we know it, we could be stuck in a little bit of a rut. Or, or maybe we just allowed ourselves to be conditioned in a way and I'm convinced of this. God wants to challenge our thinking. He wants, because he wants us to move towards greater things, all for his glory and all for his name. I think of Jesus. 
when Jesus came and entered the earth, he came at a time where there was a religious system that was started out to be good, to lead people to God, but what had happened? It had become really a system of man, and it was in a lot of ways becoming a barrier between man and God. And so now there's a people conditioned off of a good thing. You know, and even sometimes as Christians in the New Covenant, we, we, can, we can go towards a place of religion. And I'm not saying that, in, that anybody in here is necessarily in this place, but sometimes it can happen. And if we're not careful, God wants more. God wants to unlock more. There, you know, with the Bible, there's so many promises that God wants us to experience. And this really, you know, reminded me of kind of my journey that I'm excited to talk about today. But I want to try to unpack it with some scripture today and, and, and bring it home. And so last time I was here, I talked about courage. And uh, we got partway there, and then I ran out of time. And so um, hopefully today we're going to bring this thing home. And so we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 3. And we're going to go with verses 1 through 14, and I'm hoping to also get into a little bit of Hebrews chapter 4. So try to stick with me, and uh, we're going to keep moving. So verse 1, chapter 3, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him. As Moses also was faithful in the house. So we have Moses. Say Moses. All right. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Who's this one? That's Jesus. Very, very good. Inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant. Say servant. Fantastic, thank you. For a testimony of those things which would be spoken of afterward. But Christ as a son, say son. Awesome, awesome. Over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing and the hope firm to the end. So we, we've, we've got to keep the hope, right? We can do good for a while, but we've got to hold firm. Let's keep going. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the, day, in the day of the trial of the wilderness. So rewind in the history of Israel, right? God brought them out of bondage, and they're supposed to go towards a promised land, a promise. But now there's a hard heart syndrome thing going on here. So in the day of the trial in the wilderness... Where your fathers tested me, they tried me, and they saw my works for 40 years. So this went on for 40 years, as many of us know. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And so there, we, we, we've got a lot going on in here. And one, one other scripture. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So there it is, you know. There's more of this holding. We've got we, we, we to we hold on tight. 
So stay with me. We're going to read a little more scripture, and then I'm going to take us back through some of this, okay? So let's do a little bit of Hebrews 4. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. This is verse 2, and then we're going to go to verse 11. But the word which they heard did not profit them because it wasn't mixed in faith in those who heard it. Mixed in faith. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So we got, got more stuff going on. All right, lastly, I'm going to bring us back. So you're, you know, right now you're kind of like, where is it going? Let's one more piece. This is uh, Hebrews 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have this great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. So he's bringing it back to Jesus. Let us hold fast our confession. There's some more holding. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but in all points was tempted as we are. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, for that sympathy. Yet without sin, though, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Whew. All right. Did you guys take some of that in? All right. Awesome. What I want to do is, kind of like when you read a book, I'm going to kind of tell you the index kind of fast of some of the things we're going to talk about with the Scripture, and then we're going to unpack it. Sound good? Okay. So we're going to, we're going to hit just a, another brief overview on the passage of Scripture. We're going to hit a little bit of heavenly calling. We're going to hit peace. We're going to talk about being all in. We're going to hit some faith and obedience, some identity, Seven rest, and then eight results. You guys ready? All right, let's do it. All right, some of the overview of Scripture here. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul is ascribed as the author of this text. It's not 100% confirmed, but most likely it was him. And he's talking about, you know, Moses and, and the old system, and he's saying, you know, like, yo, hey, Moses is cool. He's great, you know, and this was great. But there's something better. There's someone better, and that's Jesus Christ. And what I love with the wording inside of there he uses, and I asked you guys to repeat it, he talks about Moses as a servant, but he talks about Jesus Christ as a son, as a child. Those are two completely different things. You know, what you have with Moses was, you know, yes, it was a good thing. It was a foreshadow, but that was the old. That was the old covenant. You know, in communion, we talked about the old covenant, right? It was about performing in the law. But in the new covenant, we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and essentially right here, you know, that's how you enter in as a child inside the kingdom of God. And so you've got, you know, you've got these two pictures here. Um, you know, and then you also have almost another picture of religion relative to relationship with God. And so Paul, it's, it's, it's a setup for like this thing inside of God that's much, much better. And, and, and he's saying, hey, let's key into this. this. This is important, okay? And so let's get back to verse 1. And so um, a piece inside of verse 1 is this. It says, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. So he calls the whole congregation holy brethren. And he says they are all partakers of the heavenly calling. So not just the pastors or certain leaders. Everybody's a part of this. 
All of you have a God-ordained mission. And what is that in the New Testament? We've got a very clear, broad-based mission from Jesus. It's go make what? Disciples. The question for you and I is this. What are the levels of disciples we're called to make? For some of you, maybe you'll pour into few. And that is amazing because you never know what God's going to do. I think of the guy who reached Billy Graham. That might have been his best work. Look at what Billy Graham did. And for others of you, you may pour into many. But God's saying we need to all pour into our part. This almost sounds like a tongue twister. And so right there he's talking about he's addressing everybody within the heavenly calling. Let's keep moving. And then, of course, inside of verse 1, Jesus, our apostle and high priest, and then I'm going to jump over to verse 3, he who built the house has more honor than the house, for every house is built by someone. And that's where I just want to continue to take a brief moment to just not skip past foundation of who we are in Jesus, right? Um, I'm amazed, being amongst many sets of church people, how there's still people who will come every week. They're not operating out of peace between themselves and God. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of stuff that makes them feel like they're just not settled. But Jesus is that peace, he made that peace between us and God. So, again, this is just a quick little review of foundation. You know, the wrath of God, it was satisfied in Jesus Christ. And that's worth probably a big amen. Let's remind ourselves of that. And in what was that that Jesus did? It represented the mercy of God, right? The mercy that he poured out on us, the judgment that we deserved. And then Jesus gave us his righteousness for our unrighteousness, right? So then on Judgment Day, when we stand before him, whose righteousness will we be judged for? For his. I certainly want to have my full trust and faith and hope in that because I don't want to be judged for mine and neither do you. And so thank you, Jesus, for that. That's definitely another good amen. You know, and, and with mercy, I just also want to give a little bit of um, definition with grace, right? There's the mercy of God, but there's also the grace of God. And a lot of us know the, the secondary side of the, the definition of grace. It's unmerited what? Unmerited favor. And we all want that unmerited favor. But actually, the, the primary definition of what grace is, it's the power of God operating in us to overcome sin. And I always feel like I like to take a minute to emphasize that because we're called to live in victory. We're called to live to overcome. You know, sometimes, and I think it's prevalent now inside of our culture, and, and there's a progressive church culture trying to come in, that's almost like a, a greasy grace, like God's okay with sin. No, that's satisfied in the mercy of God, but we're overcomers. We're overcomers. It's glory to glory. And, and to run towards this purpose and this heavenly calling, that's the freedom of Christ we get by overcoming sin. You know, when you're in chains and you're in bondage, it's hard to run towards a higher heavenly calling. But that's what God wants for us. So let's keep moving. We've got foundation. And, and, and almost infallibly, what it always comes down to is this. Are we still all in for that commitment? 100%. You know, half-stepping a race, nobody's going to win the race, right? And, you know, so God's challenge to us is, are we all in? And with that, are we in a season two, like the scripture says, where we've held firm? Sometimes we can let go. It's like, man, at one point we were all in, but then we kind of let up. We started to coast. 
But that's all good because in the mercy of God and as a child of God, God's like, hey, it's cool. Let's, you've, we, we fell down. We got off track. Let's get up. Let's keep going, right? And so let's, let's continue on in our passage here. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to go to verse 6. But Christ as son over the house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So we are his house. We are that house. We're no longer in the New Testament a part of a one location, one temple kind of system. But we are the church, right? God's spirit, God's presence, it goes with us. And again, the question about being all in is, whose house is it? You know, are we all in? And so let's keep moving. Everything needs to be at the express uh, image of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, here's maybe the evangelist in me, you know. Another way to put it is he's either Lord of all or he's Lord of none at all. Um, There's no middle ground. The Bible says, you know, in the book of James, even the demons believe, but they what? They tremble, right? So God is, you know, he's seeking after that full devotion inside of there. And so let's continue on. Uh, Verse 7 through 14, I'm going to bring us back through there. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the, the day of the trial of the wilderness where the fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation that always goes astray in their heart, and they've not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Brethren, Lest therefore, if any of you with an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's still called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold to the beginning of the confidence steadfast to the end. And so... Right after that passage, we read uh, Hebrews 4, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. It wasn't mixed with faith in those who heard it. And so that's what had happened with the rebellion, with a hardness of heart, where it, it, it opened a, a, a door of sin. You know, God's asking for that, that incredible faith. And, and, and last time I was here, I, I got to mention courage to walk out in him. And with that, you know, comes like Sam said, trusting God, doing things his way, walking in obedience, right? There's blessing in obedience, right? So, you know, Jesus said in Matthew, he said, he who builds his house on the sand is like the guy who heard my teachings but didn't what? Listen to my teachings. But he who built his house on the rock is like he who heard my teachings and he what? He obeyed. So, you know, inside of this process in this new covenant, God wants to release us for this further level of obedience in us because he wants to take us somewhere. And so stay with me. So Hebrews verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 11 says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter the rest, lest any of us fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now, why would somebody fall away? This is what my thinking with this. Somebody would, would stray away from who God, who God is. It's somebody who doesn't know who the Father is. 
What's the, what's the, what's the heart, heartbeat of Father God? And that kind of brings me kind of to something I got to share about earlier with some of the leaders. You see, I had a, I had a time in my Christianity where uh, I got saved. I felt that initial peace. I was getting a little bit of that starter foundation. And then I was called to ministry. And so, like, when you're called in ministry and you're in the things of God a lot, and for me, for a while, I thought, well, hey, man, I'm, I, man, I must be doing pretty good. But I, I remember entering a time in my, my faith journey where I realized I got that, uh, that an, an initial thing inside of me with what God did for me, but I started to become dry in my heart. And I felt like I was trying to prove myself to God, to other people, and I'm just warring with all this insecurity and unrest. And, and I'm asking myself, why is this happening? And I, I, I now know what God was doing. He was allowing me to enter a broken place because he was wanting me to seek him and get desperate to get out of the, the mundane. God was wanting more for me. He was wanting to challenge me. And what happened was he was getting me to a place to experience him in a whole new way. And I'll never forget what he did was he set me up for a time where I sought him, and, and I was sharing this earlier with some of the leaders today beforehand, was where I was in a context where I was seeking God for five days straight. I was completely unplugged from my cell phone. Can anybody imagine that nowadays? And God was setting me up to hear his voice. And I'll never forget being alone with him. I had this encounter with Father God, and he spoke to my dry, weary heart. And I, I want to tell you, when you hear the voice of the Father, it's distinct, it's clear, it's affirming, and it brings rest. And this is a very intimate thing in my heart because what he did was this. God said to me, I like to watch you. Now, you got to know me. I was a performance junkie, okay? I was an achiever in school, got a very high grade point average, did really awesome with sports, got all these honors. And God wanted to speak to my heart and, and give me the rest as a child of God. You remember earlier in Hebrews, we talked about Jesus being the son? That's another picture of this covenant. You see, God wants us to, to know and experience and live out of that unconditional security of him as a father and us as a child. You see, the thing I didn't know was I was living out of an orphan spirit. I had experienced the initial forgiveness of God, but there was so much fear in me wanting to, you know, talk me out of some of the things of God. And it was the most amazing thing what God did in my heart and, and it, what it did was it gave me this confidence with God to not have to run and hide. It gave me a boldness to live out of his voice. Fast forward, what does that look like for me today? Well, when we're advancing for God, God's going to bring us from glory to glory. You know, right now we're in the middle of a context where actually the Mulchans were going through some big change right now. And we were believing God for five years for a promise to come to pass. Five years. And guess what? This promise that we're in is starting to come to pass. It's, it's like, and, and what's happening is it's accelerating. 
And all of a sudden, we had to make decisions, big life-changing decisions. Um, a little bit of, of what that is, we're moving. <laughs> and we got to this point where we, we were past the, the point of no return, and guess what started to happen? Fear started to set in. Regret started to set in. Oh, my gosh, did we make the wrong decision? Holy cow, this is, this is done. We can't go back. And I, everything inside of me was out of unrest. It was affecting my sleep. If you got around me, you'd be like, Greg, is he is off. Because, like, I have energy for days and joy for days. And Greg was off. I was not myself. And I'll never forget struggling in the point of God, going, God, what's going on? Should we turn back? No, we, we, we need to turn back. We got to turn back. I heard this, the still, small voice of Father God speak to me. And he spoke a word to me about the season we're in and about the promise. And he spoke that word in my spirit, and you want to know what it did? I know that voice. I know that voice. And it brought peace back. It brought rest back. And guess what? All of a sudden, now this direction we're in, the things we need to get in to get everything in order for the, for the things of God that's inside of this promise, it's fallen into place and it's accelerating. You know, I share this story with you because that's kind of like an everyday story because I want to tell you, God's moving and speaking to many of you in here. It might be in the everyday things. It could be a move. It could be something for the kingdom of God, a small group, or it could be giving. It could be standing for something that's truth inside of your job or marketplace. And the fear wants to grip you. It wants to take over. But I'm telling you, when we can get in this place of identity and seeking the Father's heart, we can enter into this rest. And we can stay in levels of obedience. So I'm going to get ready to bring this home. Um, we'll have Xavier come up and get started here in just a minute. Here's, here's my thing today. I'm convinced because I've met some believers, they, they don't know what it fully means to be inside of this place of God operating as a child. I had a family member of mine who's quite a bit far ahead of me, 20 years ahead of me towards their 60s, and I remember they read their Bible, they go to church, they listen to sermons, they've done what they needed to do with their job, they paid their bills, but the, the, the person is in constant unrest, deals with anxiety, deals with some, some disconnection and relationships. And I remember getting to meet with them and talking and telling my story and seeing God move like they're being drawn, like there's more. I can have more freedom. I can know what that means to be a child of God. And I remember I actually bought them a package to go away for five days. It was like seven, 800 bucks. And I gifted it to this person. And I left there, and I thought, man, God's moving, God's moving. And a week later, they're like, get a refund back for your money. We're, I'm, I'm not going to go. They chose to stay in this place where there's unrest and, 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 and not going for more. My hope today is I can inspire some of you. Maybe you're at a level you've experienced the child, what it means to be a child of God, God a son of God, a daughter of God. But maybe God's just saying, I've got more for you. I've got more. And so with that, what I would like to do 
is uh, I actually had a chart, and uh, um, I sent it in um, for projection. I'm not sure if we can get the chart um, on the screens as we go, get ready to go into prayer. It was two columns, and if not, we can, we can do this without our, our columns of our chart. I'm going to go ahead and just read something. It's all good. We're going to end on Romans. Romans 1.3 says, So now there's no condemnation in those who belong in Christ Jesus. So when we're a child of God, we know and feel what that means. And because we belong to him, it says this, The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. What the law of Moses was unable to do, unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. And so Romans 8.14 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God, so you, do not, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. Abba Father. And so this is a picture of life in the Spirit. When God advances you, having the position and foundation of child is how we know how to enter in and hear God's voice. It's how we know how to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Particular verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our help in our time of need. Because we know our Father. We know what he did. When we fall down, when we're late on obedience, we don't run from God. We run to God. And so can I pray for you today? With heads bowed and eyes closed, let me do this. Take a moment to just get alone in your heart. What I'm hoping today is ask yourself this question. Sometimes even now in our new covenant age, we've got a body of believers built on the new covenant. We can turn it religious. We can turn it into a law-based system like the system of Moses. We could be in the place where we're operating as a servant, not a son or a daughter. My hope is this, that you can press in and ask God, how am I doing? God, what's my temperature? God, where am I at? Have I experienced that? Have I put time aside? Have I devoted myself towards going in deeper to who my identity is as a child of God? Maybe right now you're wrestling some fear because God is calling you out onto the water. And maybe what God is saying, I'm calling you closer to me as a child because I'm going to show you next to me, we're going to walk on water and we're going to do some awesome things. And he wants you to hear his voice. So, so with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me pray for you on what the, the Spirit of the Lord could be speaking to you. So Father God, in Jesus' name, God, I pray, God, over this congregation, God. I thank you. There's a call. There's a call. Your hand 
is upon Life West Church. God, I know that there is already sons and daughters here, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, for a powerful church. I thank you for a church, Lord God, that knows the voice of their Father. I thank you for a church that knows the power of the new covenant, a church that advances in the promises of God, feeling the faith and covering of the Father. God, I make intercession today, Lord Jesus. If there's somebody in here who's wrestled, they've warred, maybe they're in unrest, maybe it's a momentary goal they're pursuing, but they're not in rest. They don't know what's going on. I pray, God, that this could become an opportunity where they can move towards your heart, Father, where they can hear your voice and they could listen and walk by faith and obey, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for the kingdom exploits on this congregation here, God. God, I ask you, Father God, that you continue to cause this congregation to dream big dreams. Dreams, Lord God, that might even make them tremble because they're like, I'm not qualified, but inside of you they are as children of God. So, Father God, I thank you for that, and I pray that in the name of Jesus. And one more thing, heads bowed, eyes closed. If any of you feels like you need to draw close for some kind of renewal in the Lord Jesus, right? He's our access into being that child of God. Maybe you've just lost your way just for a short season. Maybe there's somebody here, you're completely new to the faith, and somebody got you here and you don't know, but, but you're hearing the heart of Father God and you're saying, yes, I want to run, I want to run to him inside of Jesus Christ. If that's you, you just need uh, to renew your, your, your faith or your commitment inside the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, or you're a visitor, you're somebody who doesn't know the Lord and you want to get committed to God, a count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand up high. I see that hand way back there. Is there anybody else? Could be a renewal or just a, a it, you could be, you completely don't know the Lord. You're, you you want to get committed to him today. Anybody else? One, two, three. Awesome. Well, let's, can we pray a, a brief prayer as a church family for that person who responded today, church? So say this with your mouth. Mean it from your heart. Everybody repeat with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you. You're the son of God. You walk the earth. You came and lived, but then you also died. You shed your blood so I could be forgiven of my sins. So I could be in a right relationship with Father God. I accept that forgiveness. I am a child of God. I also believe you defeated death, sin, and the devil. Demonstrating the power of God. I receive that power as your child. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.